Hi, Internet. Uh, we're live from uh, the sub-basement of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> being protected from the ultraviolet rays of Galactus as he swallows the planet. Um, <laughs> uh, joining us is, well, I'm first, I can start with the best, John. <laughs> no, Melissa, welcome to the show. Welcome, Hi. Uh, <laughs> as your brother loses his mind. Um, well, he does have a Captain America shirt on, so... There you go. So you wanted a podcast. Um, <laughs> um, we're due. We haven't had one for a month. So, you know. <laughs> uh, so, we, yeah, uh, if you, in case you haven't seen or noticed, we've started to go to a monthly thing because we're busy beavers. We like to get stuff done. <laughs> and also, um, it kind of helps us to uh, make sure that each show is special. We can kind of strategize and talk about what we've been enjoying that month, or we can take specific episodes and make them themed. Uh, and this time, I thought it would be cool to talk about um, nerdcore music uh, because it's something something that's been on my mind because I've been listening to a lot more uh, hip hop recently, and it's interesting because it's not because each one of us, I think, has a specific picture of what hip hop is. It's interesting to see how that as a genre has changed and really become like the big overwhelming like popular thing in our culture. And so I think it's interesting to talk about that transition and specifically as nerdy people, how our interests have shifted in the time that that's happened. Um, now, what, what was your first uh, experiences with nerdy music that was popular <laughs> <laughs> other than weird al we're not gonna bring him up because, like i think that's like the elephant in the room right because like he's the guy that made it he did parody songs that sounded as good as the songs he were parodying yes so i think that's a benchmark in terms of like you don't sacrifice like you can listen to eat it and it's yeah, and, and it, it sounds like it's it. great to listen to um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the first. I mean, they used to play his stuff at roller rinks when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but Eat It was huge. I'm Fat was another one. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got old enough to have like, I mean, because not that everybody didn't idolize Michael Jackson when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I remember him doing uh, New Kids on the Block parody. Oh, <laughs> um, right. Of Oreo right. instead of... Uh, so instead of the right stuff, it was the white stuff. Right. And it's the white stuff in the middle of an Oreo. Yeah. Which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. He was the, our first introduction to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, how, how, because I think being the Gen Xer, you kind of saw the transition from nerddom being something that was like frowned upon to it starting to be something that's like. Making people wait. millions of dollars. Yes. Right. So were there any artists that you remember growing up that were not ashamed of talking about being nerdy and having nerd stuff in their things that you can think of before this recent renaissance? <laughs> um, not that I can think of. Uh, I, I didn't know them at the time, but I know that there were like metal bands. Like, so there were, there oh, were right, some right. I listened to, but there was like, 
heavy metal or I guess like the far end punk stuff uh, that I didn't, I only just recently discovered because apparently I lived under a rock when I was in high school. Um, but that's an interesting that was point. Into things, but that was, but they were at the time very much considered fringe. Like nowadays mm. punk and alternative isn't really like we've been discussing, not really right. as alternative as it used to be. Now yeah. then it was very much out on the fringes mm. things right. and I didn't know about them. So See, I think that's the major, I didn't even think about that, but that there was a time in which music that was, there was like a musical underground. There was this idea that like, there's the pop music, there's top 40s music, and there's alternative rock. And so you have a lot of artists that, so you, you're thinking of power metal, because there's a lot of fantasy right. references, references in that. that. You have people from our parents' generation, like like Led Zeppelin would do a lot of Lord of the Rings references. You have that type of stuff. And then there were people that weren't afraid of using that in their music. But I think in the 80s and 90s, that was all the under the underground yeah, stuff. Yeah, all underground stuff. So you have people using references to stuff that they like that are more heady, more cerebral, uh, more like around sci-fi and fantasy stuff. But they weren't the ones at the four. Um, I guess maybe unless you want to count the like British new wave stuff, mm-hmm. there was some of that that was coming over that did like, um, Oh, that's true. So new wave stuff that had just started basically, I think when mm-hmm. I was in high school. And so like Enya, mm-hmm. I knew about Enya uh-huh. then and Enya and most of that ilk was very fantasy ish related. Even if mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily outright mentioning stuff, right. it was still very much in that, Sphere. Tradition, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't think about new age stuff. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's the there's it's weird because that there's some of the the stuff in new wave stuff that is it's heady. So like it's funny. I I there's a lot of that stuff that just completely missed me. But to, uh, to to use a kid's term now, the <laughs> but. There was a song recently that I just downloaded. It's not really nerdy very much, but um, it's a Talking Head song called. Uh, it's that one. Um, the days go by, water going oh, yeah, under, yeah. and it's interesting because it's a very interesting. It's very interesting how they wrote that song, and I listening to it, I always assumed it was a more classic song because it reminds me of like the Who doing those weird. Synthesizer things where they're like repeating stuff, and so I think that that might be a category in itself of like nerdy music production where right. you're doing weird right. experimental stuff. Um, but thinking of branding yourself as I'm an artist that does music about nerdy things, you don't really have many people doing that. You have alternative as a, a musical underground where people talk about D and D and you know stuff like that. You have power metal where they're doing that, and you know those types of people are getting shoved into lockers and everything. <laughs> um, but then when I was younger, there started, and I don't know what the smoking gun of this is. People, I think have different theories about like what made nerd stuff all of a sudden popular. Um, personally being a comic book fan, I always see it from that perspective. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's skewed that way. Um, I think it started with that though, with superheroes mm. and that either superheroes and Lord of the Rings Right. Probably. Yeah, the I think that was an ones. interesting sauce. And and like even kind of put Harry Potter in there too. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of those where where sci-fi and fantasy things 
started to become popular. Just like so skyrocketed could, out of nowhere. Right. And you're like, I didn't know this many people would like it, but hey, we'll give them more. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Um, but I was thinking there's a lot of it's it was very odd to me that as people authentic people authentically started liking that stuff, you started getting that hipster thing, which is very it's odd because it was it was interesting to see some of the eighties and nineties cynicism being laid on top of people genuinely liking stuff (laughs) because it seemed like there was this idea of like, well, I can say that I like this and this is like a love letter to Pokemon. It's a love letter to uh, legend of Zelda, but it's always like a joke, like a joke song, a parody song. Um, And so some people that I remember are Smosh, Toby Turner, a lot of people on YouTube that would make music that was like, you know, this is a game that's popular let me make something about it. And it's also kind of that 80s, like, let me take advantage of this thing while it's popular thing going on. Um, but is there any, were there any people in this time period that you remember liking or was it just kind of like, there was like a, because I, I feel like I saw a lot of them because I watched YouTube a lot. Were there anybody that you can think of that like were doing nerdy things? Uh, or, and I guess you, you can, take this time to talk about filk and what how does that compare like people branding themselves as i'm i did this song because it's popular now versus like people that you and i think it's interesting because filk is much older like they were doing filk in the 70s right so it's a tradition more than yeah um and some of those are funny a lot of them are Mm -hmm. but some of them are also very serious right um and that grew more just directly out of folk music Mm -hmm. i think than um, out of anything being trendy, mm-hmm. um, because they were doing it, like I said, before it was popular. They were doing it back when it was just, we wanted to write folk music and throw in all the geeky stuff we like. Mm. Um, and, you know, people have been doing conventions around this, around geeky stuff for a long time as well. And it just mm. kind of, you know, has its own little coven <laughs> going mm. on. Right. Um, but I guess during the transition, I'm trying to think of who... I would have heard of and stuff. Um, nobody like is popping out to me uh, directly. Well, th- there's uh, there. I guess I can set up a couple of categories because like so there's the parody stuff that I mentioned, but then I think because like I, I I'll give my theory of the nerdcore thing. There's kind of this idea of rather than doing stuff that is punk or that's like art rock. There was more of this idea of like, let's make stuff that is, that sounds good. And there's almost this idea of like, there's a lot of like ego and bravado behind it. It's not as much like, this is our thing. There's more of this mass appeal. thinking. Right. Well then I guess that the first one that I did hear about, and this would have been that old. Cause I think, this was back when I first discovered that YouTube was a thing that was entertaining <laughs> as opposed to just going there to find out how to fix your sink. Um, <laughs> cat videos. Right. Uh, was Professor Elemental. He was probably one of the earliest that I oh, ever yeah. heard of. A, right. it was passed around as a joke because, oh, look at this white guy rap. Yeah, right. But then it was also, oh, but he's hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he actually started a rap battles with another guy. I forget the other oh, guy's really? name, but they had a, a rivalry going a beef. on. And then they had like a, they had a rap it. battle video that they did together. Oh, okay. Of That's cool. them trying to diss each other. It was it was fun. It was a lot right. of fun. 
And I think so. I think maybe <coughs> part of so we can talk about what the what people call nerdcore because I'm kind of giving a broader definition of it. But nerdcore was something that developed a lot through a lot of like uh, conventions. I think mostly or more around video game music. Yeah. And there's this idea of like you can make so there's different and there's different genres of it. So you have like stuff like chip tunes where people are basically DJing with like like modified game play, uh, game boy things where they're using they're using a circuit board to make to use those types of tones to make songs that remind you of like right. 80s and of 90s playing, stuff. Like Tetris. Right. And then you have more of like uh ner- nerdy hip hop music where it's like I'm going to take That's what I always thought nerdcore specifically right. meant was like nerdy hip-hop stuff but it, like uh, so kind of our thesis for this episode is where 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 is this right now and how is it moving forward because me growing up there was a lot of because nerdy stuff was so popular it's very difficult to gauge is this person doing this to because like for example somebody like eminem uses a lot of things that are very self-deprecating and it was very different from like rappers in the 80s where it was all you're 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 basically trying to prove that you're better yeah and so there's a lot of this thing like he was very honest about like substance abuse and like um like and joking about the fact that he's white and he's rapping and stuff like that so um there's there's a a lot of artists now that have that kind of self-awareness and so it's very difficult to to gauge like okay this is a person who's branding themselves as I'm writing about nerdy things versus somebody that just uses a lot of that. And they, they consider themselves part of the mainstream. Um, and I, I had shown recently, Melissa, this artist, um, Joyner Lucas, who is just a mainstream rapper, but he did a whole video recently about Will Smith. And it was like very unapologetic. Like he goes through Will Smith's whole movie catalog yeah. and does it was great. a green screen thing where he like, makes himself look like Will Smith in Wild Wild West and Will Smith in Men in Black and Will Smith in Shark Tales. Robot. Yeah, and Shark Tales. <laughs> um, so there's that kind of like that that fun that's kind of pervaded things. But um, I think personally, I really like the idea, like the kind of atmosphere that I like is the fact that there are people like, like Jerry Hawkins who does the Penny Arcade strip who like his fans encourage him to sing stuff. And it's cool that there's that community where it's not necessarily seen as like corny that he, cause like I had the feeling that in the eighties and nineties, if you were in a certain type of business, there was this idea of like, I need to act professional. Right. And there's this, yes, like, very much. there's very clear lines and you don't, you don't do anything to embarrass you or your company right. and stuff like that. But there's this fun thing now where he's like, Oh, you want me to sing a sea shanty? Sure. Yeah, and then he just does it in front of people. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of some more examples nowadays through that because there's so there's a guy I follow Cedric. He oh no he calls himself his name is Satchel. He calls himself Satchel like a bag of drinks, <laughs> and he actually has a show that he does on SoundCloud, and it's and it's kind of like a radio show. Oh, how he puts it together. He calls it Music Mondays. And he'll put together music that he likes, but it's all very nerdcore influenced. And he'll do like one minute intros to each song. 
And it's kind of like what you would get with like a Wolfman Jack thing, where like you're getting information about each track, and it's more like this is me sharing with you what I like about this. I'm gonna describe to you how it kind of sounds, and then you can listen to it, and then and it, it like goes to that song, and then it takes you back to his playlist. So it's kind of cool to get curated stuff like that, where you're seeing somebody like him who has gone to these different video games. And there's one, I think Magfest is, is near us. I think that's one of the major spots for Nerdcore now because yeah. it's a music and gaming right. festival equally. Um, so you're getting a lot of that stuff together. And I did enjoy, and this is not totally the same thing, but when we went, we went to that concert that was all Pokemon game music. Oh, right, right. Um, because Nintendo, I know consistently has amazing music oh, yeah, to their yeah. video games. Um, and Pokemon was no ex- uh, exception. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure like the new Zelda game probably has some lovely stuff in it. Mm. Uh, it's just previously, unlike you know Game Boy and stuff, you couldn't really write music like the full orchestrated things. So right. it was neat to hear the fully orchestrated versions of stuff that they had turned into right. chiptune stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting that people are doing that. I got, that's the part that I don't get to some of them. I'm like, why? why do you do this on purpose? Like, you don't have to do this now. You can... <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> okay, so I think after the break, the retro move. we'll talk about what, what songs maybe specifically that we like and different, and maybe those movements that we don't understand at all <laughs> and kind of kind of give give some, maybe some guidance to people that don't know about any of this stuff. Um, I, ha- I pulled mine up. I cheated. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Bee Bible. No. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I don't know what Kool-Aid he's drank today, but <laughs> this is on. the this is this is what the quarantine sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like people getting he a little bit tipsy. He was shaving me earlier for being all tipsy, and now he's being tipsy, and it's not fair. Tips? No, tipsy implies drink. All I'm drunk is La Croix, and that's it. Um, <laughs> and cheesecake. Well, that's happy birthday. Maybe there you go. I, oh, thank you, thank you for any of you talking to your computer right now and saying happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> he was born April Fool's Day, so yes, get him. No, <laughs> and, and it's past that. It's not. It's not. It's, not, it's past the cutoff. I don't know. If, <laughs> you can't do it. Anyway, back on topic. Nerdcore stuff. So. Thankfully, Melissa was able to find some of the stuff because we went to. Did we find that at the at Confluence? Ah, uh, uh-huh, yes, Confluence. So we went to Confluence, and uh, as we mentioned before, there was there is a thing called Filk. It is adjacent to stuff you might have heard in the mainstream, but as Melissa said, most of it is folk people that decided to just write about pop culture. So it was a very natural progression to like when when you start getting blockbusters like star wars yeah that's the thing you're going to write about what yeah in culture right but this i think was your first interaction with an actual nerdcore artist he was yes. there selling his stuff he he had a um a flash drive of some of his music so what so what was your reaction to hearing some of the nerdcore things 
that he did. I mean, I thought it was fun. I liked the album. Uh, he's got two that we got. It was one was Blip, and the other one. Let me see if I can remember the name here. Gigotica, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but Blip, he did in collaboration with a lot of other singers. So he's got like different featured artists in mm -hmm. the different songs. One of which was Matt Mercer, which is why oh, I yeah, got yeah, that yeah. one. So I was like, "Hey, Matt Mercer singing! I can I like this." So, um, but it was it was nice. I just I don't think this is my genre, which is why I haven't really been listening to it lately. Mm -hmm. um, I was explaining to John when you grow up on on computers that sound like this, and <laughs> particularly beep at you like this because you did something wrong. <laughs> um, listening to music that is nothing but all of those beeps is a little distracting. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to. Oh, that was my gremlin just. Oh, okay. I was wondering what was slipping. Um, <laughs> Minor anyway, technical um, But yeah, so it's a little, it's a little distracting. Mm. I think it's clever. And uh. I, I, like I said, I don't totally understand why you would go back to this when you can, when you can do, I'm going to save this box yeah, real quick. Um, <laughs> when you can do other things with even synthesized music now, mm. but yeah, I think, well, that was the funny thing was that it, what was interesting to me, because I've, as I, I, I don't know if I might have mentioned this before, like, I, I more gravitate towards this new crop of artists that aren't ashamed to talk about nerdy stuff. I, I haven't necessarily, like, bought a lot of albums, uh, unless it's somebody like Weird Al Yankovic, where I'll, <laughs> I'll watch, like, his music videos and stuff, because they're just, they're always fun, and they're always funny. Yeah, um, and I've tried to get into other like filk stuff. Oh, why is this? Hey, I thought that one was the one you were. No, there was one behind oh. it. <laughs> um, beep, boop, beep, boop. but I, then I never read the book that it was based on, so I didn't really get as into it as I would have liked. Uh -huh. There was this, uh, an album I got because basically the novel series was what if the Moors had taken over, if the Muslims had taken over Europe. Oh, okay. So it was Muslim people that owned British slaves. Oh, so the it was like if 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 the British people had written uh, Negro spirituals. Oh, that's what this album was. It was really creative. So it had like uh -huh. stuff that was like that. That was like Celtic and slavery songs, right? And then like Middle Eastern sounding stuff from the Muslim cultures. Mm -hmm. It's such a weirdly really cool album. But mm -hmm. like I really should read the books because. <laughs> Sounds like such a cool storyline. Anyway, so I think that's the real divide in my mind is that there's there's folk music where you're taking a tradition of music that you like and infusing it with modern or with pop culture stuff. Then there's and so what's funny is that because folk is not it's not the predominant it's a type it's a kind of antiquated style. Yeah. It's not necessarily bad. It's just not the popular right. thing to listen to, right? So you have that kind of as a cult thing that there's a certain audience for, it. and there are people that that are recognized in that space. They do good work, and yeah. they and they they make money, you know, selling their stuff. Um, but then what what's funny is that now you have similar cult people that are doing more popular genres, but because the references are obscure and there's a cachet about being actual fans of a thing, they're still putting themselves themselves kind of in this like I'm doing this thing and I only care about yeah. So that's kind of what this guy reminded me of. Oh Although yes. it's not talk about this guy. It's not as so Evan Brooks, 
was another person we ran into at Confluence. Mm -hmm. um, it's still not necessarily like the most popular style of music now, mm -hmm. but he's, he does a lot of classic rock sounding right. things, and right. he's very good at it. Like he's a great. And that's singer. what I would assume. That's interesting because that's what I would assume naturally would happen is that right. he would start doing pop, folk pop yes. stuff. Right. So this is like the album that I have in my hand. I have another one by him, but uh, this one's called Heroes. Um, mm -hmm. Is specifically superheroes mm -hmm. uh, related, um, and and he's a very good musician. I really enjoyed, especially watching him perform live. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. Um, and so it's it's just interesting. Like he literally sounds like you know he's taking something that like the Who would have played, uh -huh. and but singing it about. You know, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So it's right. like it's just really fun, right? Fun stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So that's so. Um, the the one artist that I've noticed recently is there's a there's a guy. Um, let me see if I can pull up his real name. Um, but I started getting on my YouTube feed because this is so. Let me talk about the algorithm, everyone. Uh. So, <laughs> I it's funny because my. My family is very conservative. We there's there's uh there's a certain sense in which like growing up I didn't necessarily jump to go to the the club and <laughs> or like rock concerts. There's just kind of like our 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 tendency is to stay home and listen to the music that we like. So it's not not necessarily talking about like I'm not in like the handmaid's tale, but <laughs> There's just this idea that, like, rather than go out and see somebody like Green Day, I was fine just getting those albums from my friends and listening to that at home, right? But what's funny is that even if that's not what the most popular thing is, that stuff will still find its way to me because I grew up with the internet. And the internet doesn't matter if you want to hear the latest Taylor <laughs> Swift song. They will send you're going to hear it because the, the machines will all conspire together and you'll see a person on like the good morning of America. You'll see them in, on late night talk shows um, at, or, and you'll see them as suggested on your YouTube feed. Now what's interesting now though, is you can affect that algorithm as opposed to back with radio and television. That was more like, we're assuming this is what you want to hear. Right. And this is what's, popular this or we're going to curate that for you right you now with the internet that? your input is taken into account and so i don't know anything <laughs> i know i know very little about D, D. however youtube knows that i've watched things like tabletop that i've watched channels like penny arcade because i like the personalities that are on those things so it suggested to me this sketch series that was you know it's D. &D um, and then they'll do different editions. So they did Florida edition. It was making fun of all the crazy stuff that happened in Florida. I liked the, the quarantine edition. That was funny. Oh yeah. yeah. So it was just the DM doing himself yes. and he was playing parodies of the, of the two, other the people usually, on the, show. Very usually good. on the show. Uh, but on the side, as all these internet creators have to do 15 different things, or at least they try to, yes. they can. Diversify your monetization. Right. Um, so, uh, the, the guy that writes the D and D, um, uh, and, uh, adventures, he does, he does these D and D skits. He goes by Yazik 
and he has rap albums. So this guy is, he looks like, you know, a heavier set version of me. <laughs> He's just, uh, and so it, uh, he, he has, his company's name is Man Shorts, but uh, he put out an album called Attack of Opportunity. And um, one of his songs is um, called Rage. And it's basically the 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 intro and hook are literally se- seemingly literally just reading what happens when a uh, orc rages. Yes. In D and D, and the first verse, I'll just read part of it. I- I'm an orc barbarian, paying no attention to the skulls I'm carrying. Spend all damn night looking for a good fight. Anybody want to step up on sight? I'll bury him. I put the party on my back, and that's not bragging, homie. That's bad. I got a great axe, and I'm ready to attack. Never lay back, no time to relax. So, like, he's very good at writing the lyrics, and he's good at performing it. And so, I think that's, I think there started to be this thing of like, if you find <laughs> that you want to do a thing <laughs> and that you have the skills to do that thing, it doesn't necessarily matter anymore if you are writing for a niche audience yeah. of people. And so I think that's it's an exciting thing now about creative endeavors is that you if you really want to put the work into it, you can actually find people willing to that that are also as interested in that thing as you that might be interested in in you know listening to your stuff. Um, and so it's just cool because knowing knowing that this guy is like you know so you have you, you can think of it one of two ways. Because we've talked about this as writers, but it's an interesting world now where you can think of those sketches as the product, right? This is the thing that he's put work into and that, you know, as a viewer, you could think, oh, it must be terrible trying to get three actors together and, and do all this filming and then editing and all this stuff. Right. Or you could think of it as what a great commercial for his rap music. <laughs> because literally all the thing is is a is proof that he knows his stuff in D&D like he knows all those things so every video is literally just proving i know stuff about D&D and then at the end there's just a commercial every episode there's a commercial because he puts the rap song in, over the credits and then there's a little ad for the album so it's just an interesting world where creative people can have that hybrid mentality and that like you can be an author or like Jerry Hawkins, for example, he does a web comic, he does live shows and he just does singing in public for fun. Um, but then like there are people like Chris who have a web comic and he'll do songs for Penny Arcade. He'll do like rap stuff. So it's it's an interesting thing because these a lot of polymaths like that are being able, allowed to kind of do different combinations of stuff. Whereas before, if you're a rap artist, it's real weak to talk about your D and D, like side thing that you do, um, or vice versa. If you're like a professional, you know, white collar person, and you do like for example, you know that that uh, girl, um, what's her name? Aquafina, right actress, right. When she was coming up in the rap world, she 
she was she had some kind of internship, some kind of like part time job, and they didn't know that she did the music that she did, and then they found out and she got fired back in and this was like in the early two thousands. Wow! But it's an interesting thing that you don't that kind of mentality is almost like out of the thing. Like people have different things that they do. And I think it's, I think it's seen as tasteless. Maybe if you're like, you know, posting stuff of you getting drunk and you're right. like, like you're making an absolute fool of yourself on social media or if, or if you're calling out people at your job right. or talking, talking like, bad about the company, making the company look bad. Talking, yeah. Basically. You know, talking smack on anybody about anything. That's as seen as weird, but it's odd to me to hear that about somebody doing something creative. Because right. I, growing up, it, it felt like to me, you can do whatever you want under some kind of persona that you're making, because that was kind of built into the whole social media things that you have this different thing that you're doing. Um, but yeah, I just I just think it's cool that people can do this. They can be nerdy, and they can they can use they can take the, what's popular and make their own nerdy version of that thing. Is there anybody that you can think of now that is like a, because, Oh, like, for example, I think it's funny that, um, there's that, that hunky dude from, um, what's his name? The, he's one of the guys. Oh, Joe Manganiello has that whole D and D brand now yeah. called death saves. Yeah. And it's like a, like almost like a metal, uh, D and D hybrid brand where he has he has the Death Save shirts, uh, and but he'll like go on Stephen Colbert now and just talk about his friend group. That well, really... Colbert's the one anyway that likes. He's the other one that's all big into D and D now, right? Like he uh-huh. has said that a lot on the show, right? Yeah, and he'll quiz like people him. about Lord of the Rings all right. the time. Um, but that like, is there anybody you can think of that's a that's a successful artist that you really like that also does? nerdy stuff i don't know well ed sheeran did the um well yeah he did the what's it called i see fire let me see if he wrote that because it might have might have been something that was written for him right but i wouldn't put it past him that he wrote it does any lennox still do i don't know how huge she still is but she did another one for lord of the rings that oh really i really liked she did one of the she did Into the West, wasn't that her? Oh no, I think that I think that was Enya. No, Enya did the first one. She did Let It oh, okay. May It Be. She did Oh, right, 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 right. And then I think Annie Lennox did the third one. I don't know who gotcha. did the creepy song for the second one. I oh. forgot to look that up, but that was also really good. Um, um Oh, and you like so you you've been playing or you you really liked the song that was in um Hunger Games. Yes. So there's those a lot of those. Um, That's kind of its own thing too, like songs that are certain that are made famous by movies. Right. It's kind of an interesting. Maybe we should talk about that at some point. Yes. I remember that would. Okay, so I have a sidebar. There, I would really get pissed off when they would do. I really like that. There are some. There are some songs that I've started to like because I like the music video, and I really like this thing of putting music and visuals together to tell a story together but it would always anger me when i would know there's going to be a song quote-unquote in a movie (laughs) and the whole movie would play yeah and then it's in the the song would be in the yes and for some reason it always cheesed me off 
the one the one I think um uh counter to that there was in the Iron Man movie, the first one, I think there was a part in which and I think they did this on purpose. They put the riff for the Iron Man Black oh, Sabbath yeah, song. Yeah. They had that very prominently in the movie. So I don't know. I don't know if they actually played the song, but it was a big, the big button. And the, moment they did it the in end. the credits too. Right, right. But they did have at least calls to it in the movie. Right. So I, I liked that. That was like as like because I feel like there's a certain segment that would like that. That was. Like that, a song called Iron Man <laughs> that sounds very technological, like that would be put in the Iron Man movie because it seems like that's like a, a nice fan service thing, right? Um, I'm not saying that he oh, writing production here we go. Sharon watched the film, okay? So that's it's one of those things that, um, that sometimes happens now, and I think it, I think it happened also with um. Uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence. Well, they'll, they'll they want the singer songwriter like stank on it. They want oh. like <laughs> they want that to be something that appeals to people. So there was a movie I think uh, I'll look at this up as I explain this. But they'll sometimes let them see the movie first. Oh, okay. And they'll give them, um, you know, they'll they'll allow that to be something that inspires them to write something. Um, and, um, so yeah, so there's a movie called voice voice from the stone that was kind of like a Gothic horror movie. It had, um, what Daenerys from game of Thrones in it. Um, and so it's a movie about, uh, I think it's about like a ghost child or something. And so the idea is that they gave it to her to watch and then she wrote a song for the, for the movie. Uh, but I, I think that's another cool thing where you can, you can work with an artist to make a movie kind of like make it a little bit more cohesive in, in terms of like, rather than just write a song and putting it on to an artist to perform, you can actually have them make something that like is special right. to them. Right. Like I felt that, Oh, I felt that way about the heathens for uh, suicide squad. Oh yeah. Like 21 pilots that, that seems like just another one of their songs. And it, it seems to mean a lot to their fan base. Right. And it just happens to be something that really fits that movie, too. But that was another example where they gave them Suicide Squad, and they let them come up with something on their own. And then it actually really... It's the best of both worlds. Like, yeah. it's a good artistic thing. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. Is there anything else nope. before we uh, unleash them in, back into the... Galactus, <laughs> go back out to battle again for <laughs> Silver Surfer. We yeah, he's supposed to warn us of these things. All right, well, thank you for listening. If you have any discussions about nerdcore or folk stuff you want to talk about, we're we're available. I'm at John Matos Writer on most things, and I'm at Mom Toast or Mom Toast underscore Mel on Twitter. Oh, we have other things to shout out as well. We do. So. Uh, Melissa mentioned before the show that there is a George McDonald, Michael Phillips short story contest. And uh, we, we, we encourage you to find that on your own. <laughs> I will try and post it on my site if I find it. <laughs> um, because yeah, because we, we don't know the link to it, but 
Uh, it sounds like something that would be up the people's alley that listen to the show. Um, also, I have a short story collection that's on Wattpad. Um, it's called White Devil, Three Stories for You, with with some elite speak stuff in there. But if you search White Devil and John Matos, um, you should be able to find it. Um, and it has three, as as it said in the title, three stories. Um, one is a atomic. Well, let me let me just read the little blurbs I got. Um, the so uh, I found it. oh, haha, yes. So what, what is there a name of the? It is the 2020 McDonald Phillips Short Story Contest. Aha. Um, the website is McDonaldPhillipsContest.com. Very good. It is open only during the coronavirus outbreak. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, that's great to know. Thank you, Misha. You you have saved the day. Uh, uh, Silver Surfer is reporting back <laughs> to his master. Um, oh, so, um, so yeah, so I posted White Devil Three Stories for You on Wattpad, um, and it's now number 10 in Atomic Bomb. <gasps> Woo! Um, and number, uh, 46 in Techno Thriller. Hey! So, Pashabi. Um, and yeah, so the first story is called New Babylon, and trapped with a boiling nuclear generator. Brothers Khaled and Sal- Salman seek to prevent a meltdown. Uh, Neon Bathsheba, uh, the character Odette, boards the Purple Hearts bus in hopes of meeting her her- heroine, a cyborg tycoon named Shelley. And the last surprise, a church secretary is tormented by an evil force after reporting his priest child abuse. So if that sounds interesting to you, so if you are interested in some... I mean, some of us are weird and we like to deal with horrific circumstances by imbibing horror. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed the Servant series and I've been watching um, Devs recently. And <laughs> Melissa, quote unquote, doesn't like horror at all. No. <laughs> I just don't like Devs. <laughs> but some of us do. And so if you do, you might enjoy these stories that are similarly... Dry, but but uh, cerebral. No, you have characters with emotions. I don't know. This is true. Yeah, my uh, my techno thriller is a little bit more a little bit more uh, emotion driven than than Debs is. I'll give it that. Yes. Um, and then um, I have a short story available for free on Montos.com. You can yes, get yes, Iron yes. Sorcerer there now for free. Um, there should be more parts coming. It's just right now I am in the middle of writing something else. Uh, more on that later. Um, but yes, I have all kinds of things going on on Montos.com, including Freedom Day. So check yes. that out. The day is coming when we will be allowed out again, and it is going to be wonderful. <laughs> and you should come and support that. Uh, yes, many, 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 and yeah, it's it's a it's basically a way of helping small businesses um, stay who alive during are struggling this time, um, and also to celebrate when. The day when we will be allowed out of our little hobbit holes. Yes. Once again. Uh, so please look into that. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.